A-League fans, Phil Pryor from Fox Sports here to thank everyone for tuning in. If you love this show and you aren't subscribed, please do. And if everyone could take a moment to support it and ensure it continues long-term, please rate and leave a review. You can literally do this while you're listening. Now time for the gang to do their thing. Enjoy. seen it all until you spent three days <laughs> and 900 kilometres, uh, had three cups of tea, hit one bird, got through four packets of lozenges, five packets of mints and heard numerous stories from the great B. Finch, Brett Finchy Finch, over three days of Sydney to Canberra, Canberra to Bathurst and Bathurst back to Sydney. I've had quite the weekend, boys and girls. How are you, Maddie? Hi, Lara. Hello. Wow, not not a drop of alcohol to get you through all of that either. We had a couple of beers <laughs> on Saturday night after the clash between the Storm and the Panthers and we weren't too far away from a table of uh, Panthers execs, including the chairman and the CEO, and they needed a couple of stiff drinks mm-hmm. having watched their side get lapped by the Melbourne Storm, let so, me tell you. Are any of the stories PG? That Brett Finch uh, rattled off, I doubt. Several of them are, <laughs> and we, we, you know, we solved plenty of world issues, <laughs> uh, as you would over three days, and uh, we, it was three hours to Canberra, four hours from Canberra to Bathurst, and then another, oh, by the time we got back to Finchie's place, another three and a half to 3.45 from Bathurst uh, back to Sydney. Give us the ratio of words spoken by W. Smith compared to B. Finch in those nine hours. Probably 70-30 Finch okay. to Smith. He's a manic type, Finchie. We all know that. Yeah. I mean, he's... He's great company. He's great company. He's very up and he's full of excitement, full of endless energy. And you see that when you go into the Melbourne Storm dressing room. Now, we we saw the play. We actually walked into the ground at Carrington Park the same time as the Melbourne Storm team basically were getting off the bus. And we walked into the grandstand and before we could go upstairs to our commentary box, um, the players basically had to all file past us because we were standing there talking to um, Jason Riles and Ryan Hoffman and Ryan Henscliffe, amongst others, who are on the coaching staff now. And literally... It was like the Pope was in town and every player stopped, shook hands, almost kissed the ring of Finchie as they, <laughs> as they filed into the yeah, Melbourne you, Storm. You held group. your hand out there for the listeners, the ring on his finger, uh, B. Finch. But I've been in a car. With, did he drive it all? Did you give no, him the I keys to the car? every kilometre of the 900. And you know why? Because I've been in a car with Finchie with four other blokes and mid-story, he's looking us all in the eye. The trouble were, was that two of us were in the back seat. <laughs> And he's looking at us while he's driving yes. through the streets of Canberra at 80Ks an hour. And I'm thinking, Finchie, just some of the time. Look at the road ahead. Well, just me, some of the time. And that's why I didn't let him drive because, because he is so excitable and wants to, you know, look at you like squarely on and from the... Pa- it's disconcerting from the passenger seat, <laughs> let alone if he was behind the wheel. And from Canberra to Bathurst, now we, I guess you can go two or three ways. We chose to go what seemed to be the most direct route. Having not driven between Canberra and Bathurst before, we just said, okay, look, that's pretty much north-south right there. Let's go. So it's up to Goulburn and then off the highway into Taralga, which is about another 60 k's beyond Goulburn, I suppose, or thereabouts. That's and Angus then, Crichton territory. And then between, let me tell you, between <laughs> Taralga and, you know, the, um, Black Springs and Rockley before you get to Bathurst, 
There's nothing. Dirt road? There's no, no dirt roads. Mm. Um, no phone reception. We drove no phone reception. Mm. And I'll tell you, and we didn't see a car for about an hour. And we drove through rain for most of that trip and fog, <laughs> fog for about an hour. Which is when I cleaned up the bird. I think it was a lorikeet, mm. but I can't oh, be sure. I can't be sure. I've done that drive. It's very windy up, and then you come down again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I've you're going up sort of like through the ranges and yeah. down, then back up, and then you come down again as you get to to Bathurst. But if it had the car had an issue, like you know, if we had to change a tyre, that would have been fine. I'm pretty handy with that. That's all okay. But if we suddenly had you know lost power and the engine mm. was kaput, all that I don't. We would have been. We might be still there. Finchie's pretty handy with the tools. He could have whipped out the uh, toolbox and fixed it, I'm sure. Yeah, between the two of us. But, you know, <laughs> if we'd had a, an engine issue, because these days, you, I mean, you open up the bonnet and you go, well, I can't change the points and I can't, you know, do the distributor and whatever else. I mean, it's just, you know, you couldn't drop a 10-cent piece and get the 10-cent the piece to go through to the, the car. I either. can't open the bonnet half the time, let alone fixing go. the engine. Hey, but, so, but luckily, you know, we, we got to Bathurst, it was all okay, and we were staying at the Ridges at Mount Panorama, yeah. right on Conrod Strait after you come through, down Conrod Strait, through the chase, and then down towards uh, the final corner. So you did a lap? Yes. How we, many we laps? We did a lap. No, we did, just did the one. And we were going to do a lap in reverse because um, it's it's a two-way road. You know, bet- for 360 or, you know, 360 yeah. days of the year, it's just a public road and it's two ways. 60 k's an hour. We were very good. Finchie was agog at how uphill... Mount Panorama is and just how twisty it is coming back down through the S's and the Big Dipper. I thought he was going to go through the windscreen at one stage because he was so <laughs> excited. And then we come around Forest Elbow and just, he says, how fast do they go down? He was. And I said, they do about 320, Finchie. 320? Three, what about over the top? I said, oh, mate, they're doing probably 220 through the yeah. S's. And so he's like, you're joking, 220 through the He was just... I, I challenge anyone to go to Mount Panorama, do a lap at 60 k's an hour, and then imagine doing it oh, at three and four can't. times that speed. It really brings it home, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Mm. Oh, Fantastic. my goodness. Anyway, so we didn't get to do the reverse lap, which is a great shame. So something to go back to Bathurst for in the near future. With Finchie. Well, that's yeah. Bathurst was. What about we go all the way to the city, to Surrey mm. Hills, Lara, because you had quite the story out of there. We found our biggest fan this week. Uh, Andrew Voss having coffee. <laughs> I was in Surrey Hills with a girlfriend and I'd finished lunch, walked back to my car and um, lovely chap came running after me uh, with his earpods still in, showing me what he was listening <laughs> to and it was our podcast. And no. It wasn't anything to say, just a mutual hello and how you going? And I said, thanks for your support. And then he walked away. <laughs> Like so that. if you're listening, mate, g'day, and I hope to see you again. Did so. you sign his phone or anything? <laughs> no, just wanted to, t- Didn't to get point a name out or a he was handshake, listening nothing. to me. No, just was interested in listening. So Fantastic. he just came and said hello. And How good. Yeah, felt, I felt like it was uh, pretty cool to... While he was listening. Yes. That's very... I mean, mm. like, that, What are the chances? That, what are the chances? That's the first, I think, sort of, you know, meeting between yeah. a podcaster and podcastee uh, <laughs> on the street when it comes to this show. <laughs> Definitely. I don't have any stories, Was No stories? No, I probably do, but I just haven't thought of one. You'll come up with one. I will. How was last night? Uh, last night at uh, ANZ Stadium watching South Sydney win and Corey Allen score. Here's my story. Yeah. Here's my story. Corey <laughs> Allen scored his first NRL try and as yes. he crossed over... My phone lit up, Vossie texting me. I thought, oh, no, have I made a mistake here or something? Had a look. Vossie had been crunching the numbers. He was the 13th first NRL try scorer so far this season. And Vossie had listed all the first NRL try scorers this season. I thought that's pretty cool that Corey Allen becomes mm. the 13th. That's a 
High ratio, I would have thought. That brings the truth to the new era, isn't it? Yeah. This is what we're doing now. We're cheering the new era of players through and they're doing a great job, aren't they, scoring tries? I asked Kevin Walters to tell me what percentage then had been scored by first NRL try scorers this season. I'm still waiting for Kevin's response. He didn't quite crunch the numbers in time. <laughs> so I've spent the weekend with the manic Finchie and you've got the train spotter, the mm. great Anorak himself, mm. yep. Andrew Voss, crunching numbers at home, logging things down for first try scorers. And I also enjoyed seeing immensely Anthony Don becoming the highest try scorer in Gold Coast history. I just like his story from the Grafton Ghosts where he scored on one occasion 38 tries in a season, mm -hmm. became an NRL debutant at 25, didn't expect to play much more than one or two seasons. And here he is now with 68 Gold Coast tries going past David Mead. So good to see a couple of wingers scoring and, and the significance of those tries for each of them last night was. And so you're telling me there isn't enough talent going around to expand the competition <laughs> to include two more teams. I've, We've I've got always... Anthony Don running around in the north coast of New South Wales and here he is an NRL star. How many more Anthony Dons are out there? I've always said that, let's say it went off 5%. The standard overall. Is that the end of the world? If you can't enjoy anything but the highest, absolute highest level of a competition, then why would we ever watch any other rugby league competition, for example, than the NRL? You wouldn't watch any Bush competition and get any satisfaction out of that. You wouldn't watch any Canterbury Cup competition and get anything out of that because it's not the NRL. So let's say it did come off a few percentage for a few years. Would that be the end of the world? Would it really be the end of the world? You see, uh, and you're going to get blowouts no matter what the situation. And we don't, you know, in, in effect, we don't really get that many blowouts in the NRL compared to, you know, back, I think, back to when the Tigers, the Balmain Tigers and the West Magpies before the joint venture, you know, they would get lapped. When Tommy, in the dying days of the West Magpies, was coaching, they would get 50 and 60 put on them every week. Mm. And we don't see that anymore, do we? So times have changed dramatically. The difference between the, the worst team and the best team is much closer than ever. And that was borne out yesterday before your game at Homebush. At Campbelltown, mm. the, the Tigers had led the competition for the first time in their joint venture history for all of one week and they got beaten by who? The 16th oh. team on the ladder. I mean, that is peak West Tigers. I mean, mm. does, does, does it get any more West Tigers than that, first for the first time ever, and they get beaten by last. Well, we're talking pre-game, and I felt like we went very Bulldogs heavy after we came off and we threw to the, the, the game, and I was like, oh, I feel like we were really, you know, trying to talk up the Bulldogs, which is good because, you know, they had some new faces, and then all of a sudden all the things that we talked about in the pre-game about who needs to step up for the Bulldogs came to fruition, so we look like... Geniuses. Geniuses. Obviously. Um, I just love to see that there were some... that those new faces did perform really well um, and, you know, Dean Pay, we, people were asking why did he get re-signed, you know, what, why did they succumb to pressure um, when, you know, they weren't playing well and he said it felt, he felt like it did lift up, lift the pressure off the players and they played really well. Um, the, the Tigers were awful and did you see Madge giving them a spray, his first spray? Since he's arrived? Uh, in between getting back from Bathurst and doing no. some other family duties yesterday afternoon after being away for three days, um, I saw, I haven't seen all of those two games as yet, but I mm. saw, I did see Madge going off at half time, not the full time spray. Mm. I believe there's a pretty good yep. full time spray as well. Mm. Um, we'll see what effect that has on the Tigers yep. who take on the Penrith Panthers 
on Friday night. And if I was uh, anyone at the West Tigers, I know they haven't got a CEO. Do they have a CEO at the moment? Who's in charge? I don't know what's happening as far as looking after things when, with Justin Pascoe not there yeah. until the middle of the season with his uh, sanction handed down by the NRL for the salary cap issues surrounding Robbie Farah. But if I were the Tigers, I would paint up a bus and park it right opposite Penrith Park... Uh, Penrith Stadium, Panther Stadium, whatever you would call it these days, I would park it there for the entire week and say, this used to be Ivan's bus and have a big photo of Michael Maguire. Now it's Madge's. Get, yeah. get that into your Ivan or something like that. I would just have it there all week and just have it preying on Ivan's psyche in the lead-up to this game. Have some fun with it because the Battle of the West on Crisis Cup Friday night. Warriors against the Titans into Panthers against West's Tigers. Yeah, well, Ivan got asked about it in Bathurst after the game and he wasn't impressed. Didn't want to buy into it at all, even though we are definitely going to make a big thing of it this week. Of course we are, mm. because there are people interested, um, Tigers fans. I mean, this will be like a mini grand final for many mm. connected to the Tigers club. I've got no doubt about that. They'll be fired up and they will really want to win this game. They could well have been 3-0 and going into it as well, which would have added, I think, even more pressure mm. to Ivan Cleary off the back of being beaten by 30. Now, admittedly against the Melbourne Storm, who are playing sensational football to start the season. But they gave Penrith every chance they possibly could in the game on Saturday night up there in Bathurst. They gave them 30 tackles while Melbourne had none inside the opposition 20 and they couldn't score. And, and it didn't really look like scoring mm. in reality. I mean, they just didn't... The closest they went in the entire game, Josh Mansell got bundled into touch about a metre out from the corner post and that was as close as they went to scoring a try in 80 minutes. And they still haven't had anybody from their back line score a try through the first three mm. rounds. I mean, it's amazing. Vossi, I mean, the train spot of, can you tell me the stats on that? When was the last time a back line player hadn't scored a try through the first three rounds of a comp? Well, the opposite back line this weekend at Penrith Park, West Tigers might be steered by Josh Reynolds with Benji Marshall picking up an injury and Josh Reynolds still hovering there in Canterbury Cup, doing very well. Maybe this is the weekend. Maybe there's another storyline to this game mm. with Josh Reynolds playing his first NRL for the year. We will wait and see. It's a beauty, though, isn't it? Friday night, Ivan versus the Tigers, everything. I mean, And as we said last week on the show, or maybe a couple of weeks ago, there is no honeymoon period for Ivan Cleary in charge of a new club. And same with Anthony Seabold. The pressure is on and... You know, try, it just, you know, without telling stories out of school, those in charge at the Panthers, as far as the board is concerned, this is not the way they envisage the first three weeks, first month of the season panning out. And if they would happen to be beaten by the Tigers after Ivan left the Tigers, um, there, there would be issues up there at the foot of the mountains. I mean, not, the, not to the point that Ivan's going to get the sack or anything crazy. Well, how would we like, like to see Ivan Cleary approach this week? Uh, he, he played it down yesterday. Should he go 180 degrees and really embrace it and no, be he happy won't. to take part in it all? He, once he makes up his mind on anything, as we've seen in the past, he will just... I mean, he'll be asked about it during the week. He'll probably only do... And this is, you know, a, a problem, I think, still with the NRL media policy is because... It doesn't matter if you get asked about it four days in a row. He can do what Bill Belichick does in the NFL, the coach of the New England Patriots, who've won six Super Bowls, and when he digs his heels in, he just gives the media nothing. And that sort of feeds into the storyline almost after all these years with the New England Patriots. And it would be the same 
with the Panthers. If, if he had to ask answer questions three times this week. But if he took this team out of it today and fronted the media and just meant, you know what, I'm going to get my media out of the way instead of the day before game day, I'm going to do it Monday yeah. and just talk about it because I've spoken to Ivan in the preseason. Obviously, that was before a ball had been kicked and he admits that he could have done it. He wished it could have been done differently the process of how he had to leave the Tigers and he knows that he understands that fans are passionate and that they're not going to be happy with how it unfolded. He isn't, he's a very well thought um, Mm. man and I'm sure he has an opinion, but he feels like he's done it. He feels like he's spoken about it when it happened. But we, as is in our jobs, we want to build up the rivalry and he's under pressure. He hasn't won a game yet this year and he probably thinks that's not my priority. But if he takes the steam out of the story and just talks about it on Monday then everyone's satisfied and they don't start going, well, he must be feeling the pressure because he's not talking about it and it is a big deal and he must feel some sense of guilt because of how it unfolded and, you know, we'll just have to fill in the blanks, won't we, because Mm. he's not... He's, He's not, not talking yeah, about He'll it. wait until, as you say, the day before the game. So the captain's run will be on Thursday. I'm guessing he'll front the cameras after that session or before that session on Thursday. And one of the first couple of questions he gets asked is about the Tigers and what does it mean? He'll say, oh, I'm not thinking about it. It's all in the past. I'm concentrating on us. We're mm-hmm. one and two. Mm-hmm. They could well be 0 and 3. They got lucky against the, the Newcastle Knights in some ways, didn't they? Um, so, you know, he'll, he'll get asked that question. He'll play a dead bat and they'll move on and then we'll see what happens on Friday night. I'm calling that game. I can't wait mm. to call that game between the Panthers and the Tigers. We'll be making a lot out of the result, no and, question. And again, if we jump over to the opposition and talk about Josh Reynolds, I wonder whether if Josh Reynolds gets the green light, lots still to happen, whether he can have the sort of first-up performance that Tommy Turbo Trebojevic did wow. in New Zealand. He was unbelievable given that he's only just back from a hamstring injury, which are tricky, right? And he did that in a trial against Cronulla. So his pre-season was disturbed, then he misses the first two games, comes at back, and it looks like he hasn't missed a beat. Scoring tries, setting them up, returning kicks. He, he was phenomenal. I couldn't believe how good he was. Mm. That's hard to do to come back from a hamstring first up like that because you know, I've done a few in amateur sport, obviously at nothing like the level that Tom... Travoyevich is playing at, but, you know, when you do one, the first couple of games you play back, it's always in every time you t- go off the mark and you put exactly. your foot down, you think, oh, I'm going to do my hammy again, but he just came out like he never had one. It was amazing to see what he did and, and changed that team. And while ever he's on the paddock and his brother's on the paddock, we've said in the past that, you know, they are a chance to do you know, maybe not, you know, be a contender, but they can certainly squeak into the bottom half of the top eight should they play as they did against the Warriors. The question is, what sort of form line now are the Warriors? Because the Tigers belted them um, and then Manly come out and belt them in Christchurch. I mean, the Warriors look as hapless as ever suddenly. So maybe we should sort of, you know, hold fire on yeah. making too many judgments on teams who play the Warriors because, you know, they beat the Bulldogs first up, but since then they've been pretty pretty ordinary, haven't they? Their defence was diabolical in the first half and then to start the second half, they commanded a possession and territory, but couldn't score. Their sets were aimless. They were limp in attack. And poor old Stephen Kearney, he has defensive problems to solve. He has attacking problems to solve. And all of a sudden, the people of New Zealand are saying, hang on, why did we let Sean Johnson go a year short of his contract? Because uh, after round one, they thought, okay, we'll cop that, but not anymore. Mm. So there's real pressure on Stephen Kearney and the Warriors. And it begs the question, Tommy Turbo performing like that, what other players in the league have such an impact on their team that they can basically, their team lives or dies 
by them playing or not. Now, the Roosters have such a spread of talent and so many weapons. Maybe they're not a club dimension, but off the top of your head, is it you know, Jason Taumalolo yeah, at probably. North Cameron Queensland? Smith. Cameron Smith. He's yeah. the obvious other one. I, w- um, I would have to say a few teams haven't had sustained success necessarily to, to justify it, but there are really important players for every team. The Dragons have shown that without Jack DeBellin and Tyson Frizzell, that's two that's players. Two. I'm yeah, talking about one. Just one. Well, yeah, at the moment you'd say Jason Tomololo for sure for, and the, Smith. for the Cowboys and Smith. Maybe maybe if the Raiders don't have Josh Hodgson, they don't win that game against the Knights. He was he Yeah, was Hodgson impressive. is in that category. I'm yeah. basically talking about a player who, no matter if you've lost six or eight in a row and he comes back, you think, well, we're a chance this weekend. Mm. And, and Hodgson last year at Campbelltown, when he came on, it was like a different team in the click of a finger mm. when they uh, played West Tigers at Campbelltown when he came back from that injury. So yeah. uh, stay fit, Tommy Turbo. Oh, he's incredible. He, I've just got this whole fullback theme from the whole weekend and Tommy just slotted in perfectly. So I've called it the rise and fall of the fullback in round three. And if we go through every single game, we either had a standout performance from a fullback, an injury or a shocker. So Thursday night, Gareth Widdop, unfortunately, we know uh, wow. gone for the season. Friday. Is that confirmed? I mean, oh, we will. He, we, he's seeing specialists today, I believe. Right. So we'll know more on that, whether he'll be back. I only say that because Jordan Rapiner made an amazing comeback from a, a shoulder injury mm. last the year. Only but issue he with didn't have yeah. two prior to that, mm. of course. Um, so it might be a different scenario, but I was surprised when he got back as quick as he did. But yeah. I thought maybe if Widdick could get back by August or something like that, then there might be a chance. Yes. But that might, but that might that be pushing That would be best it. case scenario. Best but case. I don't know Absolute that he had case. complete confidence in the shoulder. So that's a real concern yeah. that he came into the season not feeling that strong in that shoulder that he'd already had the Rico on. So Widdick, bad bad start to the to the round for fullbacks. Then Chance Nickel Klockstad scores a double. Um, very impressive for the Raiders. Playing great football. Yes. He was great fun to watch and call on, on uh, Friday night. And finally wins when he scores a double because until now, scored a double, the Doesn't Warriors happen. were beaten. Then uh, Teddy, unbelievable, scored a double for the Roosters, played played a big game for them in their late flurry of tries to beat the Eels. Um, Turbo, we've already talked about him in the Manly Warriors game. He scored a double and set up two more, so he's responsible for four of their eight tries. Then Matt Moylan joins Widdop in the uh, injury injury mm. group and a, a fullback that had a bit of a shocker and looks like he's going to be out for up to six weeks, they're saying. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, and then uh, for the Panthers-Storm game, I feel bad saying this, but Dylan Edwards, uncharacteristically poor game from him. For, was it four errors or six? Uh, or, I, I didn't keep a tally. Yeah. It, was, it was more than enough, put it that way. Yeah. And, and, and a couple of them led you know, directly, I guess, to try. So yeah. it was an unhappy night a for night. a player coming back from a serious injury, quite obviously. And, and as we know, and, and the NRL physio has been tremendous um, at NRL physio. If you're not on Twitter or if you're on Twitter, uh, check him out. If you haven't checked him out, as well, I can't imagine there's any footy fans who aren't following um, the physio. Mm. Um, but but, uh, you know, he came out and said, you know, not in this case, but in the past, you know, knee injuries, serious ones, it's not until you're the second season back. I mean, Clint Gutherson, I think, is a great example of that, playing sensational footy this year. I think last year was still, you know, feeling his way back into, you know, that the after effects of having had a knee reconstruction. It might be the case with Dylan Edwards. We don't see his best football again 
until maybe 2020 mm. yeah, or, or late some, in 2019. You could just see though in his face. They were clang- some of them were clangers that you just don't see him do mm. and, you know, he's not going to do that again. You wouldn't have thought hopefully next week. Um, and then the only other fullback that really stood out for me was in the Bulldogs game and it was lovely to see Nick Meaney make his club debut and um, he was the difference that he made, the energy that he brought to the team. And um, Alex McKinnon said in our pregame he thought he would – you know, he's not the flashiest of fullbacks, but he's super reliable and he'll do whatever is asked of him and he's always risen to the occasion no matter what he's asked to do and he's only young. So the only game that let me down was South v Titans yeah. on my fullback thing. But anyway. Don't worry about that one. Back to Nick Meaney. If Will Hopawadi is there, and I've got all the time in the world for Will Hopawadi, who's so safe, so assured, but that try that Remus Smith eventually finished, if it's not Nick Meaney picking up that ball, they don't score there yep. because Will just doesn't have that explosive speed off the mark that, that Nick Meaney showed. And mm. I like. I want to go back to the first game you mentioned there, the Dragons. So no Gareth Widdop at fullback. Is it a given that Matt Dufty is just going to parachute in there or would Paul McGregor give some thought to Zach Lomax who fielded that first tricky high kick the other night beautifully? He's also a noted goal kicker. Mm. Could he be an option? Well, who's going to kick goals for them if Zach's not in the team? Does Corey Norman kick goals? Corey Norman, yeah. yeah. Not he sure kicks of his career success rate, but mm. um, Corey could kick some goals. He might uh, have to find room for Zach somewhere. He has played fullback before, but he said to me pre-season right centre is definitely his preferred position. Um, but I can't imagine he's going to say uh, no thanks if he gets offered a starting position mm. wherever it is. Oh, you know, I would think they would go with Dufty, given how good he was for all of 2018. And they mm. were, look, you know, with him at fullback, they were killing it in the first two thirds of the season last season. I would think he would be the first choice, but we'll wait and see. I mean, Zach Lomax, what a talent he is. If you need speed in the fullback position, does Kalen Ponga and the Newcastle experiment of playing him at number six does that come to an end after what we saw on Friday night down there uh, against the Canberra Raiders? Do the Knights having put him back there for the last? 25 minutes or so of that game, does Nathan Brown say, that's it, he's got to be in the one. We just look better when he's in the one. We look more dangerous. They're battling to score points themselves. Um, I think maybe the experiment is over. I hope so. I hope he goes back there. It's where we've seen his best footy. Newcastle need to find some wins. Now, that's their best hope for doing so. And they finished the round against St. George Illawarra on Sunday night. So I hope we see Kalen Ponga in the fullback position. It just depends on Nathan Brown and how long he wants to persist, whether he wants to suck up his pride and say, you know what, maybe we made the wrong call there. Uh, maybe a little bit defend, depends on Connor Watson as well at this stage still. Did you hear Mitchell Pearce be interviewed by Hannah on the sideline after that game? She asked him, you know, what happened? When did the call come down? He said, I don't know. He goes, I, I looked around and saw that it had happened and he didn't seem too, too happy that the change had been made at that point of the game. So... Sounds like the players have got, had a lot to do with this decision. They've gone to him and said, "We want to give it a crack." So mm-hmm. maybe the fact that he just he he made the call mid-game or towards the end of the game, um, you know, wasn't appreciated by them. But oh. who knows? Kalen maybe is ready to, to to go back there after giving it a good try for three games. Well, if they'd won those three games and he's still playing at the same level like that his form isn't as blinding as it was, maybe they buy some time to persist with it. But as with each loss. Each next game becomes all the more important. So I think they might be forced into it. I agree that it would definitely change um, their attack, but I don't know that that that's the only problem. I don't think they were great across the board. They haven't been. I mean, the forward pack, you know, has got some questions hanging over it, I think, at the moment, given Mm. what happened against the Panthers. Um, Herman SASA paid the price for that after being demoted from the 17, after being earlier 
in the week, named in the 17, dropped from the bench, and Josh King got a start for Nathan Brown against the Canberra Raiders on Friday night. So, um, yeah, he obviously Brown wasn't happy with what he saw and needs more out of, I think, maybe two or three of his forwards. And if they can get, you know, more of an even footing and, and, and hold their own um, against the likes of the Raiders, who were pretty good forward pack, half the English test team in their forward pack with Bateman, Hodgson, and also um, Elliot Whitehead in there as well. It's pretty handy. Ryan Sutton um, in the, in the, that was the Fab Four. Uh, the Beatles were back together on, for the Raiders on, on um, Friday night against the Newcastle Knights. I, I, yeah, I think as far as Ponga is concerned, He'll start, I reckon, next week in the fullback role, and then. But that then, who plays six? Connor Watson. It looks like he might be back from that minor knee injury he suffered the Kurt week before Mann. against the Panthers. Kurt mm. Mann could stay in the six. There's some options there. Maybe neither of them are the first choice option, but they need something that sparks them a bit more. Mitchell Pearce is part of the problem for mine because he's not doing inside the red zone, the opposition twenty, what he needs to do as the main playmaker, as the man who sets the table for what they do in attack, his short kicking game was average. Well, it wasn't even average. It was awful on, on Friday night against the Raiders. He couldn't get the ball through the line, couldn't get a repeat set. And while you're not doing those little things at the moment, just just can't get pressure on the fullback or the back three to bring it out from the end goal or force a goal line dropout, you're just up against it. And Mitch's form is down to begin the season, and that's part of the reason, amongst with the forwards and maybe Ponga playing in the wrong position. Um, they haven't been as good as many thought they were going to be. And suddenly, uh, with Nathan Brown having this open-ended contract, um, every loss will be magnified and, you, and the dogs will be barking. And you can't, you can't stop that while you've got this open-ended contract. If he was there for three more years, there'd be no talk. But there's talk because he could get the sack at any point in time, I guess. Who else is there for a coaching gig at the moment? To jump into a role? Who would you Who would you throw Trent in? Barrett. And, but is that a huge improvement on Nathan Brown? No, I don't want Nathan Brown. But the so. same as Dean Pay. That's why the Bulldogs, like, try and think about who else they could have chased. They don't have the money to chase a top-line coach. And there isn't a top-line Wayne Benedesque, Craig Bellamy coach that's coming off contract. So that, there's your reason why they re-signed mm. him. Like, who else was there to take the job as well? And the same but with... we're not with saying Nathan. Nathan Brown's job is under pressure. But we all put him under pressure because of the results. That's just what we do. Well, that's the that's the nature of the industry. Mm. But it's a long jump from saying you're under pressure to lift and the blowtorch's on you to saying we actually think you should be replaced or or move on or be yep. considered for... But he is in a different situation where it's a performance-based yeah. contract. But even then, at the moment, there's not, not a lot of candidates that are going to, I don't think, offer a very different... Mm. Offering to well, to this, this brownie. clash is intriguing given that Newcastle Place and Georgia Lawara, two clubs who've been the focus of spine adjustments pre-season, the Chiropractors Cup. You know who's who's going to win this one on uh, on Sunday night because we don't fully know who will play where. We think we know, mm. but both their spines have been the subject of much discussion. And speaking of spines, just quickly on the Gold Coast Titans, they've been without three of their four starting spine members. So 75% of the spine out. Nathan Peets, Ash Taylor and Tyrone Roberts. They fly to New Zealand today, actually, straight from Sydney. And I wonder whether Tyrone Roberts and Ash Taylor might play this weekend. They're on the plane. Will that help the winless Titans, the only winless team? Who knows? Against the Warriors, very, very possible. Seeing as we're looking at next weekend, let's run through the round four games. Roosters and Broncos, a blockbuster at the SCG to kick things off on Thursday night. Thoughts? I'd go with the Roosters because 
They've won their last couple. They're the defending champs. They're on their home turf. And when you're on a winner, stick to it. Yeah, I'm going to go Roosters. It's always a great, great, great game and mm. a hard one to pick. Yeah, Roosters for mine as far as the tip is concerned. The Broncos and Anthony Seabold, I think, is discovering um, what Wayne Bennett knew for seasons past, that um, there are question marks about Cody Nicarima and Anthony Milford. Cody Nicarima touched the ball 22 times, 22 times only in that loss to the Dragons last Thursday night. Seems a long time ago now. Mm. That's an amazingly low total for a halfback. I know he's not your, your quintessential halfback. He plays the game differently, and five of those were kicks. So when you go through it, you know, he's not, he's not touching the ball at all when they work it out of their own end. He's not, he's not getting the first receiver and get, getting them a bit of width. That job belongs to a forward. A lot of teams now these days is the role of the halfback in certain teams evolving because they're almost playing with a, he's, he's more like a fullback who just chimes in and uses his speed. And he and he's, can be dangerous, as we know, close to the line from mm. the 20 in. He can catch a tied forward and just burn them and, and score a try solo effort on his own. But that's how he seems to create everything. It's just a solo effort, a spark of inspiration. He goes and it's all over and he scores. And you go, geez, where did he go? But outside of that, what's he offering mm. to the team at the moment? So I think there's some issues up there, as Wayne Bennett knew about, and Anthony Seabold will be thinking about those sort of things at the moment, I would imagine. Now, Friday night, Warriors and Titans. You mentioned that game, Matty, over there, Mount Smart Stadium, 6 o'clock. Hard one to line up given the Warriors have been as lacklustre as they've been for the last couple of weeks. You mentioned there's defensive issues, offensive issues. They've got attitude issues yeah, for what they showed reckon, on. I'm going the Gold Coast. Saturday. I can't get that nightmare out of my mind from Saturday afternoon. This, yep. this is impossible, this one. I mean, you just tell yourself, yeah, the Warriors can't possibly turn it around, but then, you know. Yeah, could, they could well know. win, but I, if I've got to make a pick now, I'd go Gold Coast. Okay. Yeah, wow, jeez. If you're betting on this game, it is the ultimate sign that you have too much money. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the Gold Coast. I'll go with you. I'll stay off the Warriors until they show something. And you may not be too far wrong most <laughs> of the time. The Panthers and the Tigers, I mentioned uh, Friday night. I'm calling this one. Can't wait up there at Panthers Stadium. <sighs> Penrith. <laughs> Penrith. Again. Honestly, toss a coin because it's, the form line is impossible to line up. I think Penrith at home will have to show something and what the Tigers showed yesterday really worries you that you know, there's this, the, the soft underbelly is never too far away with the Tigers. They can show a bit of grit as they did at the start of last season, but you just sort of know at some point they're going to leak points. That's been their history for the 20 years now. I'm going to say the Panthers may be at home. This has sold out written all over it, doesn't it? Full house at Panthers Stadium. Yep. Tickets should be gone midweek. Yep. Yeah, Penrith at home. Penrith, they've been described as inept. So I think they've got to be much better than that. That will strike home. I wonder (laughs) if Phil Gould is being able to just not have any part to play in things this week. He, uh, I'm sure he's trying to be hands-off at the moment, but he must be very tempted after what happened against the Melbourne Storm. The Seagulls and the Rabbitohs at Lotto Land on Saturday. Are you, this one, Matty? Are you yeah, I am. Gorgeous George is back for South Sydney and, and Manly, of course, buoyed by that performance in Christchurch. Makes it a bit trickier to pick than maybe so we tricky. thought. But uh, uh, South Sydney, they're, they're going really well under Wayne Bennett to start. They get... George Burgess back, and uh, they weren't at their best yesterday. So they, they lose Braden Burns. We yeah. don't know if GI is back. And no, we don't. So Adam Reynolds also finished with a sore. Big something. question marks Oops, over the back leg. line. Yeah. Uh, it was an ankle problem. An ankle, so, yeah. but I just think that South Sydney are, are ticking some boxes. And after. 
beating the Dragons and the Roosters. I always thought there was going to be maybe a come down a little bit, and they they were mm-hmm. not nearly as good, but they'll be back up against uh, Manly. It's it's much harder because the Tabrovich brothers and Daly Cherry Evans so good in Christchurch, but South Sydney. I think uh, Campbell Graham might uh, be the fill-in player for Braden Burns. I, I, they tried him at, um, at in the centres during the, the trials. I reckon he might be a chance to start for uh, Braden Burns for as long as he's out with that uh, hammy uh, at the Rabbitohs. The Cowboys and the Raiders up there at Townsville again. Another game at 1300 Smile Stadium. They get a lot of games at home to begin 2019. Uh, the North Queensland Cowboys will be steamy. They had the 20-minute drinks break yeah. up there against the Sharks. The Sharks didn't mind that. They put 40 well, Two, my, was it on the, on the, uh, the Cowboys My on question was, Saturday? how will four pommies handle playing footy in tropical North Queensland? Um, I imagine with a bit of difficulty. For John Bateman <laughs> and company. Yes. Yes, I don't think they would have encountered those sort of conditions too often, uh, which might swing it back towards the Cowboys, but they were lapped last yeah. start. Yeah. And I'm going to go with the visitors again. Yeah. The I, Green Machine. Playing solid footy. I don't the know race. what their record is, but... It'd be hard for to go up there and in the in the heat the sharks were fine. I don't know. This is a really hard round. Mm, it is, isn't it? Already, oh. already. Like honestly, the Cowboys were horrible. They were horrible in the yeah. second half, and I don't know how you could tip them. And I actually don't think the Raiders were that impressive against the Knights. So uh, this they, is even they weren't money. Super impressive, but they did what they they had to do. I mean, the, and. Now, they weren't blown out of the water by the Melbourne Storm by any stretch the week before, and they won in round one against the um, the injured Gold Coast Titans. So it's still early days as far as the Raiders, but I think you know what you're going to get out of them a bit more than you do yep. the Cowboys. I'm going to say Canberra on the road, despite the, the conditions up there, uh, we'll be able to get the better of North Queensland. Final game on Super Saturday is Parramatta and the Sharks. Uh, Parramatta, good test uh, to see where they were against the Roosters on Friday night. Um, they acquitted themselves pretty well for the first hour or so, didn't they? And you, I guess you always figured maybe the Roosters might have too many too many guns to run over the top of them mm. at the end of the game. Uh, the Sharks, um, yeah, no Matt Moylan, still no Wade Graham, quite obviously. Tough game, but I'm, I'm going to say maybe the Sharks just shading the eels. I'll go the other way. I think Para, who lost uh, no friends with that performance against yeah. the Roosters, Will bounce back. I wonder how much that took out of them, though, because that was a big. Well, how much did Cron- Cronulla have taken out of them going up to North Queensland in yeah. sapping conditions and then flying no back? No, Gallon, you would think, with the rib injury. And yeah. I am going to go Parramatta. I like their story. There you go, Lara. I talked you into it. Fantastic. Yep. <laughs> was you're on your own there, son. All right, Sunday uh, at Amy Park, we may well have a new all time point scoring champion in Cameron Smith, who needs nine points to eclipse Hazem El Masri as the all-time leader. Uh, 24th, uh, 2,418 was Hazem's tally. Cameron now is uh, 2 4 uh, 10 So he's only nine away from taking that title on his own. He's the most games played, most points scored at some point, either this week or next week, uh, barring injury. In the NRL, it's quite the career, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. And at home, given that... Um, in milestone games up until last season. Mm, up until last season. Anecdotally, <laughs> Melbourne were just tremendous for the first, you know, 13, 14, 15 seasons under Craig Bellamy. Not so much last year. Every time there was a big milestone, they seemed to lose it, but I think they'll win this one against the Dogs. Yeah, the Dogs came up with an upset against West Tigers, but it would have to be a tenfold upset yeah. to beat the Storm in Melbourne in what shapes as a milestone game for Cam Smith. I think he'll, uh, he might go past that record in the first half was. 
Yeah, mm. oh, well, potentially. I mean, if the Bulldogs fire up as they did against the Tigers, you never know. And and Melbourne turned over a bit of football in the first half uh, against the Panthers, and they can do that at times in games. So if they turn a bit of ball over and the dogs get up in their face, then they'll ask some questions of them. Um, don't worry about that. But um, over the the eighty minutes, you would fag. Uh, Fa- uh, f- figure. <laughs> I was going to say factor in or favour. Figure. Yep. Yeah. Something. There. I'm tired. Trust me. I'm very the tired. The stormery. It's it's a long day. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, it's been a long weekend. I'm going to tip Melbourne. <laughs> the Knights and the Dragons is mm. the final game. Alex McKinnon on Cup on Sunday. Sunday. Yep. yep. And it's a special Game of Thrones themes for those playing at home and who love. Uh, the Targaryen, Daenerys Targaryen, you've got to get on board. Well, Gaz is up there today yeah, promoting Game the Thrones, Game yeah. and Game of Thrones, and he's a huge Game of Thrones fans, Gaz. He <laughs> loves it, hasn't missed an episode, what and a uh, knows all the crap. characters inside out. He was relishing the chance to go up there and celebrate <laughs> Game of Thrones. I'm up there calling this one on uh, Sunday early evening, 6.10pm, the old Sunday night footy slot. You love that slot, was, don't you? We were championing the cause of the Sunday night footy slot last week, talking about expansion or relocation. Um, I think it should be there every week, and I'm pretty sure those involved in making decisions at Fox League in the upper echelons would uh, probably agree with me. The Knights and the Dragons, I'm going to say... Ooh. I don't know, boy. This is a tough... This is ridiculous. It's really tough. I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Dragons on the road. I want to see more out of the Knights. But if Ponga plays fullback, that may sway my opinion and mm. we'll see. I don't think you need to ask me. Wait, the team. <laughs> Lara's tipping the Knights, so I better go with St. George Lawara to offset your lack of loyalty, Lara. How was the household oh, after Friday with night story. with the, with the, you know, the drama of the, uh, what well, turned out? Well, I can't out. tell you what Sun happened Cole. before. Acted out again. He acted it out before yeah, was we got were, here. There was ring-a-ring-a-rosie at full time. We were jumping ring-a, up and down. Yeah, Lara and Anthony ring-a-ring-a-rosie <laughs> in the lounge room. Nude. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, it. Maddie, that's oh, just oh, inaccurate. Oh, there was, oh, sorry. We were just... <laughs> Please, people at home, I promise you, <laughs> inaccurate information. It was just a very excited, uh, exciting finish, that's for sure. We were jumping up and down as if we'd won a final. Because it was, you know, we, everything was going against them. There was no chance that was actually going to come off. So, yeah. I'm super, picturing those old westerns around the campfire where they link arms and, you know, <laughs> dance around. Well, when the kids that's... are asleep, you've got to <laughs> celebrate quietly. So you're jumping up and down. And so, yeah, there's a bit of <laughs> ring a ring a Ah, fantastic. <laughs> you've got two kids at the moment? <laughs> yeah, two, four and two, so they're asleep. Yeah. Any chance of a third arriving sometime <laughs> around Christmas? <laughs> what do you mean? Maybe if the Dragons win, who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been fun. Uh, Finchy into the podcast on Monday. What a week I've had. I can't wait for round four of the NRL. See you guys next week. Thanks, Wise. Loved it. Bye-bye.